0: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello everybody, this is Hal.
1: And this is Melanie.
0: And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical.
1: And this episode is brought to you by this week's sponsor, Time for Learning.
0: And we thank you. We thank you, new sponsors. Okay, so, um, gosh, big things happening this week.
1: It's all about hurricanes where we live. We live in North Carolina, and I helped my mom get set up for the hurricane today. And Hal, I tell you what. Hmm. Every person in that entire county was in line at one of the other grocery stores
0: yeah I, you know what you, you made the observation that anybody could have burglar burglarized any home in the town except that the burglars were out shopping for batteries and milk too.
1: I'm serious so, I tell you what the the it looked like locust had come through the shelves were bare everybody was everybody was in line you know I've got to say that pretty much people were pretty polite where I was today uh-huh. Now, I hear that's not true everywhere. One of our sons said somebody tried to steal food out of his cart. Right. But um, people are pretty polite in Wilson.
0: Well, I you know, I saw something, you know, things go around on Facebook. and Somebody said, okay, this is for all the snowbirds who moved down here and laughed at us last year when it snowed. Um, okay. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the South, with, where we say if it's not Cat 3, it's not really a storm.
1: Yeah, it's pretty... This one looks pretty scary though. Mm -hmm. I'm a little alarmed because it's, it was just Christmas that we finished repairing from the last hurricane.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a reality. And, uh, so yeah, we're going to watch this thing and, and we are just thankful that we serve a God who's, um, who controls the storms and directs every molecule of that wind in the path that he's ordained for it. So we know everything is going to be according to his plan and we're just trying to be prudent and, uh, good stewards of the things he's placed in our care so
1: yeah y'all please do pray though for the carolinas in the storm and particularly there's some very poor areas in the eastern part of our state Mm -hmm. that have now been totally hammered twice by awful flooding in the past few years right and some of those people have not recovered yet and what a lot of folks don't understand is flooding is mostly not covered by insurance
0: and and really it it more so than the wind more so than the storm surge i mean as serious as those are the thing which causes the real devastation in our part of the world is the flooding that follows afterwards and this is a very wet storm and a slow moving storm and we're just kind of bracing We're bracing for it, so...
1: Yeah, what a lot of people also don't understand is that the main danger from flooding is actually not during the hurricane.
0: No, it, it can be several days afterwards.
1: As all the runoff hits the rivers, and then the rivers hit the dam, and sometimes the dam goes.
0: And a lot of times the countryside around has been saturated by the actual storm itself, so when the runoff comes from upstream... There's nothing to absorb it. It's, it just you know comes in on top of the other water. So. Yeah, and
1: eastern North Carolina is entirely flat. Like, flat like many of you can't imagine. Mm. Entirely flat. And so there's no high ground. There's no place to go. Mm-mm, no. So anyway, please do pray for the Carolinas this week and look for opportunities to help where you can. Right. But that's not what we need to talk about this week on the podcast. What do we, well, let me say this first. Yes. If you are in Range of the Hurricane... Mm -hmm. Go out to RaisingRealMen.com and search on Hurricane, Mm -hmm. and we've got a great blog post out there that gives you seven important things you need to know to save your life during a hurricane, Mm -hmm. and it has two free downloads out there, too.
0: Right, and where's that again?
1: Go out to RaisingRealMen.com and search on Hurricane in the search box.
0: Okay, very good. Well, you know, uh, we always have a period of rest and relaxation after the rush of convention season. We take some time off during the summer. And that's a time when we catch up on a lot of reading, and it's a whole mix of things. You know, I put I put in some just some fun stuff, I put in some serious stuff, I put in some things that are just very interesting. And I read a book I'd heard about it, I'd seen excerpts of it. Um, I read a book this summer that I think is really impacting already. It's impacting my thinking. My thinking about parenting, my thinking about ministering to parents, my thinking about what the next generation is going to be dealing with, including, for example, our son who's in who's in graduate school right now and hoping for an academic career. These are the young people he's going to be teaching. This book is by a psychologist by the name of Jean Twenge, and that's uh, spelled T-W-E-N-G-E. I had to uh, I had to go ta- ask her publicist how to pronounce that, but it's pronounced Twenge. Uh, Dr. Twangy is a psychologist, I think, at San Diego State University out in California. Mm-hmm. She does demographic studies. She looks at, you know, what's distinctive about Generation X? What, what makes the millennial generation different from her generation? She's a Gen Xer. Well, she said something that really caught my eye. She said she was doing an update on one of her books about millennials. And so she's looking at all this data, you know, different cultural trends and things. And she said something really weird caught her attention. She said about 2012, these a lot of these uh, a lot of these trends that she followed suddenly spiked. And they said she said that doesn't happen. This kind of data goes up in big swells and then it comes down and it's replaced by another trend. And you know it's a gradual kind of you know geological kind of thing. It's very organic looking. Th- but she said 2012 things fell off the cliff, things jumped up, and they stayed up. She said something really strange had happened.
1: Okay, so what happened? I'm dying to know.
0: Well, she started tracing it back, trying to see, well, what is distinctive about this time frame? And she said 2011, okay? The data changed, happened in 2012. 2011 was the year when half of american adults had access to a smartphone. Interesting. And and then
1: Well, you know, we have seen a lot of changes in youth culture mm-hmm. since smartphones in the things that we've been studying and looking at. So really that doesn't surprise me that that would be a a time that things changed.
0: Now, now that that may sound really simplistic, you know, in, in when when you just say, "Well, what's what's defining this cultural shift?" and she says, "Smartphones." But she Builds a very good case, a very convincing case for this, and and here's the deal, she said, you know it it's maybe this is where half of people had it, but really and truly it starts showing up like in the high school seniors, mm-hmm. um, maybe even down to the middle school levels, and this is now, the these are the young people who were born in nineteen ninety five and later. They are now the leading edge of college graduates. They're they're just the first group of them are, are graduating out of their baccalaureate programs. And she builds a really good case that that explains a lot of what we're hearing happening on college campuses these days.
1: Interesting. Okay, so tell me what let's talk about the big um the big ideas mm-hmm. and then let's talk about what that means for parenting.
0: Okay, well, here's all right. This is the first thing. This this generation has grown up totally online. You know, they don't they don't have a, a coherent memory of of 11 but they have grown up with handheld internet devices. They've grown up with the internet under their pillow at night. You know, they have grown up. Well, this is interesting. She said, studies are showing that the average high school senior absorb this. The average high school senior. Spend six hours a day in new media of one sort or another, including two hours of internet time and two and a quarter hours just doing text messaging. Can you imagine that?
1: Every day.
0: Two hours and 15 minutes a day just sending and receiving text messages.
1: Well, that makes it clear though that they don't have time for extracurricular activities mm. or playing outside or hanging out with friends or the things that we did. Mm-mm because you had that up that's four and a half hours a day yeah you get home from school at four o'clock
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's almost bedtime once that time's been spent
0: well that's just that's just you know two hours of internet time and then two two plus on the text messaging plus an additional two hours doing something else you know whether it's streaming media or something else but you know she looks she looks back at these at, at this group. And it's very interesting. She's got a great big, huge data data set. It's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And she's comparing 18-year-olds today with the previous generation when they were 18 years old. Interesting. So she's not saying, okay, I'm going to compare an 18-year-old college, I mean high school senior now with say their 54 year old parents and say how are they different but rather to say well what how did their 54 year old parents think when they were high school seniors Mm -hmm. so she's got this longitudinal data and it's it's really an apples to apples kind of comparison okay um but she said you know what one of the things that she's seeing is that these young people who have grown up online are that's how they interact now they don't interact they don't interact you know IRL. They're not in extracurricular activities. And, you know, we've seen this just in our local area.
1: Well, we, you know, we've been talking to support group leaders about this, mm-hmm. that the next generation is super uncomfortable showing up for an event where they see people face to face until they really know you well online.
0: And see, we started seeing that with the millennial generation. But, but it's just intensifying with the younger set. Now, Dr. Twangy has, has coined a new phrase for it. And she said there's such a clear break in the trends that she said this is a new generation. The, the millennials, you can draw a, a parenthesis after the millennials. This is a new generation. She calls them iGen. She says this is the connected generation. Yeah, that's a take on the iPhone.
1: Well, this is the thing that really got me, though, Hal, mm-hmm. is that she says... That they're insecure and unhappy.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm.
1: that in general,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and thirty-four percent, over a third, have been cyberbullied.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things that and, she's, And yeah. you know, I
1: mm-hmm. was stunned. You know, a young relative of ours who, uh-huh. whose parents have done a fantastic job, you know, mm-hmm. keeping them, you know, protected from a lot of the media stuff, was cyberbullied.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's yeah. it's happening mm-hmm. all over the place.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, somebody we were talking to said that they uh, they were, they were taking their child to check them in in middle school. It's like that we're talking, we're talking uh, a brand new sixth grader, and the teacher met them at the door and you know basically said, "Hi, I'm Mrs. Jones. How? Who are you? And nice to meet you. Do you have an iPhone or do you use an Android phone? You know, there's just the assumption." that these young kids are going to show up for school or for activities or whatever, carrying a smartphone. You know, that's just a presumption there. Um, So anyway, so, so yeah, so this is the big thing. They're growing up online, preferentially they're online. They're not, uh, she said, there's some interesting trends, some things that we would, we might on the surface say are very positive that this, that this younger generation is less likely to have experimented with alcohol or with drugs. They're, you
1: have to leave the house to do that.
0: Uh, uh, generally <laughs> speaking, yeah. It, well, the, she has some a take on that. They're less they're less likely to have been involved in sexual experimentation. Well, okay. We say well, those are
1: in IRL.
0: IRL, we're talking IRL. IRL
1: in in real life because really they're far more likely to have experimented sexually online.
0: Right. And we'll come back to that. But she was one of the things she was saying is that there's a lot of things that that previous generations did when they were in high school and when they were young college students, which this current generation, the youngest ones right now, the younger, the younger high school graduates aren't doing because everything is done online. Everything is done as a text message or it's done as a Snapchat post or something on Instagram. And... That's having, that's having an impact. You know, she said, for example, um, since everything is text-based, since everything is text messages, they don't fight on the playground like they used to. She said, these kids are not as likely to have had a fight on the playground. What they do is they tear each other up online.
1: Oh, that's way worse.
0: That's the cyberbullying part.
1: It really is way worse, and I, it frustrates me that our culture and schools do not get this because, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody whacks you, you bruise and you get over it but if they verbally abuse you you can rehearse that in your mind the rest of your life you know Mm -hmm. that that old saw that um sticks and stones may break my bones words will never hurt me is a lie right really words are way worse
0: well and see um if you're if you're getting bullied on the school bus when you go home you're safe
1: yeah but if you're being but if you're being
0: if you're being bullied through your handheld device through your smartphone it, gets,
1: it, it climbs in the bed with you.
0: Yeah. And it chirps to let you know, hey, hey, you need to check this message. Mm. You know? And so you can't escape it. That's and really scary. Yeah, it's, it's scary. And for the reasons you might very well suspect. Okay, um, so, you know, mm-hmm.
1: but we need to take a short break, though, here. Yep. And go to our sponsor. Let's hear a word from our sponsor. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back in just a little bit talking more about characteristics of characteristics of IGN and what we need to do about it
0: right so we'll be right back stay with us
1: as a parent you want to build a
0: strong foundation for your child's success with time for learning you can do just that time for learning is an award-winning online homeschool curriculum for pre-k through 12th grade that teaches math language arts science social studies and more With automated grading and reporting, flexible scheduling, and not to mention an affordable price, homeschooling has never been easier. Thanks to the engaging lessons in student-paced curriculum, my child has all the tools they need to dream big. Okay, so we are talking about the newest generation of high school seniors, college students, the the group that Dr. Jane Twenge calls Igen. She's
1: okay, so one thing that I've noticed about Igen mm-hmm. does, and I was wondering if Dr. Twenge noticed this as well, mm-hmm. is that they are maturing a lot more slowly than previous generations.
0: We saw some some inklings of that earlier on, but um, yeah, I mean that's something she's she said. If you look at you look at high school seniors now and say. Have you ever um, have you had ever had an after school job? You know, have you ever? Um, do you have a driver's license? Okay, we've talked about that. That it seemed like young people aren't getting driver's licenses like like our generation did. Yeah, um, It's real. It's real. Yeah. Um, she's she's finding that a a much smaller number of them have ever been out on a date. However you want to describe it. Um, it's just that like some of the psychologists had observed a few years ago that adolescent behavior is now acceptable into the college years even into what we would have called you know adulthood that maybe 25 maybe 30 year olds are still acting like they're still bringing a middle schooler's mindset into their life yeah and you know, and well, uh, you know, our mm-hmm, kids have seen this mm-hmm, the yeah.
1: social situations they are describing at college is what we saw in middle school, and that was a shock to me because I really, you know, our kids were homeschooled through high school, and I yeah. thought, you know what, it's gonna be fine at college because college kids are pretty much past all that.
0: Wrong, no, they are. Well, I remember, you know, I remember college students and. Maybe your college was different than my college, but my big state college that I went to—I remember college students could be a pretty, a pretty goofball bunch. But this is going beyond that. This they, is like they, they weren't not
1: functioning. Petty. they weren't—you mm-hmm. know—people just didn't get as cliquish as they did in middle school, and there wasn't the "yay, yay, yay, stuff of middle school. But there is now. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that is that is something. That's something that I find distressing. And I think it's something that that you know our young people. We've been trying to really encouraging our young people to step up and to learn to behave as adults. You know, by the time they leave our home, I want them to be able to stand on their own feet. But then they get off to college, and they're finding they're finding the whole culture around them. It's like they're like the parents in their in their group of, in their cohort of students because they actually know how to do things. Yeah, and and they can take care of themselves, and they aren't. Um, they aren't still tied to their parents' apron strings, or, or uh, you know, carry on like, as you say, like these, uh, you know, pre-teenagers used to. So. Um,
1: so the the yeah. iGen the iGen generation is mm-hmm. less mature.
0: Yeah, they're maturing much more slowly.
1: They're pretty cold toward religion.
0: And that's a continuation of trends that were already starting with the millennial generation. Yes. we've we've seen that. Uh, they is, they, mm-hmm. they
1: don't talk. They are um, militantly tolerant
0: um, Right. right. They, they, are,
1: they, will hmm. not, they will not tolerate any firm principles or criticism of, of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, and, and here's the thing too. Because of this whole, you know, I live my life online, kind of reality to them, words have become weapons. And you know you've probably heard some of these things in the news, where where college students are protesting against um, speakers coming on campus that have ideas which they don't that they don't agree with. But instead of arguing with them, they're saying we feel threatened. We don't feel safe. We feel you know this is words are violence,
1: and that's so hard for us to understand because you know we. In our generation, there was a, considered a value: everyone has a right to their own say.
0: Yeah, and 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 the way that you fight bad ideas is with good ideas. Right. You know that you you have a you have a discussion. You present a better case. You try to convince people, but you don't scream that you're being that you're being injured in some way. Right. And and yet we're seeing some of this in in college life now. And Dr. Twangy says, okay, here's your connection right here. These are young people that don't realize, hey, if I've got a problem with a fellow student, I can either argue with them, I can you know, prove my case, maybe I can convince them, maybe I can convince other people, or worse comes to worse, push comes to shove, we can have it, have it out on the playground and, and fight ourselves to a draw. But instead, now it's all words of violence and they must be stopped.
1: Now, this generation also openly mm-hmm. embraces pornography, abortion, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, mm-hmm. yeah. that is just, they're very open to it. And that's very, you know, there, there seems to be very little, very few voices in the i generation, generation, basically the 25 and unders. Mm-hmm. There seems to be very few voices calling for a traditional biblical ethic. Right. Which so, is a
0: good transition and why should we care about this? What does
1: this mean for parents? What
0: does this mean for us parents? Because, you know, we parents, we have young people who are in this generation, but not of this generation, I hope. We've tried yeah. to raise them differently than that. But, yeah. you know, what should we do? If this is the culture that our young people are graduating high school and stepping into, this is their cohort. This is, this is their – these are their classmates. These are their future coworkers. These, you know, how – what should we think about this? And okay, here's the first thing. And Dr. Twain recommends this and I, and I have to agree. She said, move very slowly on getting the cell phones to them.
1: Yes. Uh, your 13 year old does not need social media, Mm -mm. despite what all their friends are doing. Even if their teachers ask them to have it, Mm -hmm. the preteen early teen years are fraught with emotional turmoil. Yeah. And a, and, Brain remodeling that means that they mm-hmm. can't make wise decisions. Mm-hmm. And so, no. Just no. Yep.
0: Yeah, just just hold off on that for a few Wait years. Wait
1: until they're 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Now you do need to get them social media at some point because they've got to learn how to use it as a Christian before they leave your home. Right. But mm-hmm. avoid social media and be super observant with the internet. Supervise internet.
0: Okay. So that's that's the first thing. Recognize the screens are here. I mean, this is this is the culture yeah. now. They need to be conversant with them. They need to be savvy about how to use them. They and don't they, need to be doing that when they're ten or eleven.
1: Yeah, and they can use screen, use the internet to produce and do productive things and have businesses and stuff. Right. You need to make sure it's that and not the endless social media stuff.
0: Right. Okay. Now here's another thing. You know, this whole cohort is is lagging behind in maturity. They're not stepping forward into adult roles.
1: And this is something you can change as parents.
0: This is an opportunity for your son or daughter to stand out, to really, to really stand up and to be ahead of the group right away just because you train them for an adult character.
1: And this pays off enormously. Yeah. We have found that it pays off with scholarship committees? Yes, it does. It pays off in college. Mm-hmm. You know, today one of our sons' colleges, the one that we interviewed in our last podcast, right. put out a press release on our son. Okay. You know, talking about his businesses and and exclaiming over what he'd been able to accomplish. You know, I don't think our kids are that or that special compared to everybody else. It's just that they've been taught to act like adults.
0: And and unfortunately, Uh, adult behavior is becoming, is becoming rare. And so, so
1: encourage your kids to get jobs, start businesses,
0: get their driver's license,
1: get it as soon as you can. Yeah. Have them get jobs, encourage them to start businesses, Mm -hmm. teach them how to use money,
0: give them an opportunity to make choices and to live with consequences before they leave home. You know, let them, you know, coach them, show them how to evaluate alternatives discuss things with them but let them make some decisions and learn how to make decisions carefully wisely with counsel and to patiently deal with whatever comes as a result of their own decisions. Yeah. That's a man, what a tremendous adult life skill that is if you can take that into into your college life or into your young adulthood. You know, here's another thing too. Um if everything is happening online, um they're not developing social skills, no. really and truly.
1: It's really scary how few social ceil- skills the, the college students we're hearing about have. Uh-huh. And so how do you help them develop social skills? One thing, homeschooling them is a great way because they will be with you when mm-hmm. you deal with an angry neighbor, when you talk to people in business. Yeah. You know, they're gonna, you're going to model adult social skills.
0: And you can be intentional about that. You know, when you see behaviors that that's not going to play very well in the future, you know, you, you sit down with your 15, 16-year-old and say, now, son, you're going to be joining the ranks of the men's very shortly, and let's talk about how to express that in a way that doesn't get you in trouble or that doesn't get you misunderstood but still gets your point across. You know, you coach yeah. them in these kind of things. Um,
1: um, encourage them to have friends in real life. One yeah. great thing that our church does I wish more churches do, is we have dinner on the grounds every Sunday. Just every Sunday there's a potluck and we have lunch together.
0: We just, I mean, every single Sunday. And some of you may have never been in a church that did that. We've been in several. And what we've seen is that if you're in a church that does once a year or twice a year, there's a big potluck or casserole dinner or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. People tend to really make a big production out of it. It's It's a stressful thing. But if you do it every week, yeah. then no, it just becomes like a family gathering. You know, people right. bring a pot of chili. People bring some, you know, a, a, a pot full of hot dogs, a chicken and rice casserole, or something. You know, it's not a big deal. Instead, it's a time of comfortable fellowship. Afterwards, what a great time to build to build friendships in real life, in the community of the church. I I think that's a great thing.
1: And nobody has to clean their house. That rocks.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a good thing if you can, if you can train your young people to be responsible, you know, family citizens, if you will, you don't have to overregulate things. You don't have to, you know, put so many fences around them that they have to say, you know, mother, may I have a word with this person or not? But, you know, it's just say, look, you can be, you can have friendships. You can spend time with friends. Let us know where you are. Oh, let us meet your friends, you know, let's invite them in to be with our family. But, but, you know, we want to encourage them to have real life interactions so that they can think of people in terms of who they really are, not in terms of their Instagram personas, you know. So so that's that's another thing. That's a good get them off their phones, get them out of the house more. Encourage them to go hang out at the mall. She, she said they don't do that anymore. You know, that? do you realize that that this younger generation well. doesn't hang out at the mall I mean, that, that just seems, that seems strange, but, but she said, that's a, that's a trend as well. Here's the thing that I think we as Christians have really got to take seriously though. Um, This generation is, is hypersensitive and they are, you know, they have a very um, stylized view of what toleration is. They're very tolerant of some things and absolutely intolerant of others. And we have got to stand on the truth. We've got to train our train our sons and daughters to be willing to stand on the scriptures, plus nobody else,
1: even if no one else does. And to do it, to do it with love, mm-hmm. and to do it wisely, like to know when to take a stand and when to be quiet.
0: Well, you know, Jesus sent out his uh, he sent out his disciples. He said, "I'm sending you out like." Like sheep into the midst of wolves, and he said. You need to be, you need to be as innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Yes, and and that's both. that's real. You need to be both. You need to understand the world that you're moving into, but you need to be known for your your transparency, your gentleness, your um, your respectful attitude toward people. You know, where your only offense is that you love Jesus more than you love the applause of your co of yes your, your co-workers or whatever
1: and and you may have to stand alone for some time our guys have found out that the problem in college we were anticipating now problem with professors professors have been zero problem the mm-hmm. problem has been other kids which are frankly right now a little bit scary
0: yeah
1: okay it's what a, else do we need to tell to talk to know well, as parents
0: well you used a you used a critical word there this is a very fearful generation
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're very uncertain they're they're very insecure you know, whereas, um, people have typically said the millennial generation felt very self-confident and very entitled. Um, this generation is kind of, you know, they've, they've seen that the entitlement mentality doesn't pay off that well. And, and sometimes, you know, things don't go well. And so they're very, they're very fearful. And that's one of the things that she said is an interesting thing is she's interviewed a lot of these younger people. You know, she said, you, you don't, for example, they're not smoking, like, like yeah. younger generations did they, they're not like uh, you know they're not experimenting with alcohol and these other things it's not because they have a moral objection to them in fact they'll argue with you they don't want, they don't want people to to say that that's a moral issue they're they're not doing these things because they're not safe, yeah, you know and they're 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 just and, and they, they need, feel insecure because they're not safe
1: and you know what they need to to really know deep down inside. That their safety is rooted in God,
0: and in. that if they are willing to walk in the pattern that God has given them, God takes care of that. God will take care. That's the place of they can be. That is the best place for them to be, and they can stand secure in that. Not because, not because they've won an argument, not because they are more clever or or have more likes on Facebook or or a better interaction on Instagram but because they're walking according to the pattern that God has given them yeah. and and they are they're looking for his praise not the praise of those around them that is a that's a critical thing that's a critical thing so you know it's it's one of these it's a book which is i found it fascinating there's a lot of data in it there's a lot of tables and everybody's not going to you know is not going to love all of the data and all of that kind of statistical stuff. But the things that she pulls out, the things she said, this is what these trends seem to indicate. This is how you compare this group with with previous generations and why they are different and how they are different. Um, I found it a very useful book. So the book is called IGEN. It's just I-G-E-N. And the subtitle is Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, more tolerant, less happy, and completely unprepared for adulthood, and what that means for the rest of us. Well, yeah, that's that's A long subtitle, but the the author's name is Dr. Gene Twenge, T W E N G E, and the book is called I Gen, I G E N, and it's got all sorts of interesting information, lots of interesting trends. You definitely want to uh, you want to check this out if you are interested in the young people that your young people are going to be interacting with and the culture that they're stepping into and understanding it better, I recommend this book, okay? So, uh, look, we're going to need to wrap things up here. I appreciate you uh, appreciate your comments and interaction on this and just want to say, um, you know what? Pray for the Carolinas. It's going to be an yes. interesting week.
1: Yeah, please do. And we are so grateful for you guys. Find, you can find our stuff at raisingrollmen.com You can support us on a regular basis at patreon.com slash Hal and Melanie. And we are a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.
0: And you can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on Android podcast apps. And now you can get us on iHeartRadio on their podcast tab as well. So we hope you'll subscribe. You'll join us. Leave some comments there. We appreciate it. And we appreciate you joining us. Okay. So until next time, until next week, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us.
1: Bye,
0: y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at HalandMelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.